What is going on, everyone? It is me, the Lone Vault Wanderer, and we are here with the Ham Radio Podcast, episode 125. It's me, Carrick, with ACG. 125. You guys have actually, and you've been very, very routine on getting them done. Like it's Although, been when we miss a week, Carrick. Yeah, I saw it. We (laughs) we fucking hear about it. (laughs) The best part was, I I don't know if you saw my response, but the best part was when the person was complaining about it, it was like, you know, it's so easy to, to, and Maddie was like, easy, what? We've missed one in like, (laughs) what are you talking about? In like six, seven months, yeah. It's been crazy, yeah. They'll complain about anything, right? No, exactly. But obviously, Maddie isn't here. He has other commitments, which is okay because- Carrick and I can do a door com. Uh, yeah. And we've got a bunch of awesome topics to talk about. We got some patron questions as well that we'll answer towards the end. So let's jump into it. And We're this not is held a- back by Maddie. Thank you. Oh, exactly. No, exactly right. I just have to say, we can- <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I feel Maddie. like we need to address that. <laughs> no, but seriously. <laughs> oh, that's, that would be rude. Yeah. Maddie, no, we love you. <laughs> we do. He's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. And today, the first topic is actually one that you suggested, character. I'll let you take the reins with this. What are we talking about with Bethesda and the Switch? Well, I was just excited to see the stuff about Doom, uh, first of all, because like, you know, 30 FPS, I get it. You see a lot of people saying, oh, it's 30 FPS, so it'll be shit, whatever. It doesn't really, it it doesn't impact you if you're, you know, if you're playing it already and you're playing it, whatever. The fact is it's on there. And Digital Foundry did some pretty cool updates. I don't know if you saw it, but they did a video where they tried to get a PC that was, like, put together that could run it the same way the Switch did. Yeah. And even when they got done, they were were actually pretty impressed by the fact that it was even on there and running. You know, it lost a couple frames, but they were, like, pretty impressed that it was on the Switch. And I'm just stoked. We've talked about this before. I'm just, I'm really, really happy that they're getting uh, support. And it's Bethesda, who, I'm going to be honest, if, if I remember correctly... Bethesda's promised support for various companies in the past and not necessarily come through. Yeah, I, I can't so, remember any about that. Yeah, yeah, and so the the idea that you know they're coming through with this and Skyrim and stuff like that is awesome, and it's Doom. So some people, you know, it's handheld. Some people may not like it, but to me, that's that's perfect. Like you know, those levels aren't super long. So no, they're not. I mean, Doom is is a really great game for the Switch. And mm. I, I've even though I've played it, and I doubt that I'd pick it up again unless I'm really desperate for games. Um, it, it, it's probably something that I'm not going to play. But I still like to see all this third party support coming. And and again, it's not even just Bethesda stuff. You, characters mentioned before today, Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two is out for the Switch. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> I wanted to yeah. play it. But um, I guess the one thing that I did want to mention is that. The only thing that worries me with Nintendo Switch marketing and stuff is whenever they're showing new games, they always show it in handheld mode. And I'm like, great, that's like an important aspect. But the thing that I usually find with a Switch is when you put it into docked mode, the games pretty much usually run poorer. And and I've had this with Rabbids, I've had frame drops, and I've had this with especially uh, Zelda. So what I'm wondering is not how it runs on the Switch like in, in uh, handheld mode, but how Doom runs in docked mode. That that to me is the key here. And I don't know if we've had that yet, unless you know. No, I don't. And I mean, you know, we were not promised, but we were under the assumption that docked mode would always run better because the power would be, That's you know, your input. Yeah. And that they'd be able to overclock, which was the rumor. And I think they even sort of discussed it. I think the problem is, is people don't realize that uh, even a small bump, 720p to 900p is huge. It's massive. And, and if they're if that's what's occurring 
in in some of these bumps when they plug it into the dock. That is just enough to drop a game that's locked at 30 to 28 and 27 at times. And you'll notice the lower your FPS is, the the variances don't need to be very big. And you're like, I it's you know I can notice them. So no. I, we don't see it. I don't know why they don't do it. I think maybe some of it is. I mean, maybe some of it's just PR. Like it is a handheld system, and so that's how they want to show it too. Yeah. Uh, no, and I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I remember when Digital Foundry was doing their Skyrim footage, Nintendo gave them the specific instruction. No, 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 no. You can only record handheld over the shoulder, no direct footage. And they're like, okay, um, it's. I guess that's just the way it is. Nintendo really wants to focus on the fact that you can play it on the go, which, yeah, it is the Switch's biggest drawing factor. Like, when have we ever been able to play to this extent, like anywhere, Doom on the go, or Skyrim yeah, right. on the go, and now Dragon Ball Xenoverse on the go, and now FIFA on the go, now NBA 2K18 on the go. Like, there are so many games for the Switch. I have an article here that, like, holy fuck, it's it's much better than the Wii U uh, lineup initially. Yeah. I mean, we have Mario Kart 8, Arms, Splatoon, Pokken Tournament, I forgot about that, Xenoblade Chronicles, Super Mario Odyssey coming in October. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah it's awesome i mean I, I, i'll be the first to admit like I, I even on this podcast i've been pretty negative about what games we would get because yeah. some of these i was surprised to hear about so to me it's awesome and i and i hope we continue to see it because they're doing well too that's the problem with nintendo in the past they do well and they wouldn't get support and you'd be like what the fuck has happened yeah, yeah exactly like, why, are, yeah. why are they still not getting support if they're doing this well they're like we've sold all of the Wii's. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are none left. <laughs> yeah, and, but third parties are like, yeah, we'd rather not even, you know, do a dumbed down version. Now at least people are looking at it and going, let's throw, let's throw our game on there. And as long as they're good ports, right? I think yeah. that's the most important thing. It, I, I honestly ports. think it, it's coming down to a mentality change from Nintendo, and I don't think it's from anyone else. I mean, look at how Nintendo's gone out just with indies and got all of these great independent games coming onto the Switch. How often would like would we have had that ever with an N64 or a Wii? No. It, the times no. are just different. And I think that mentality change is also making the conversations with third parties much easier to, to the stage where they're saying, okay, Nintendo, you know, you actually want to work with us. Let's work yeah. with you to put our game on the Switch because there are millions of Switches out there and the demand is just insane. I mean, apparently in the US, it's still really difficult to get one. And in the Japan, that, in Japan, sorry, they have a lottery system if you want to be able to buy a Switch. <laughs> it's insane. Hey, that's something they should do everywhere to stop eBay resellers. <laughs> oh, it's been Sorry, me, but yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, every time I try to go get something now, I know I have to be first in line because if I'm not, I'm eBay at quadruple the price is going to be the only way to get something because people are just buying so many of them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, they they said like, what did he say a couple days ago? The CEO he said something like, we overproduced massively, and the demand was massively past that or something. You know, yeah. he said it better. But yeah, yeah. So they're, I mean, it's cool. I'm glad, and it's it's cool to have a handheld that is that powerful too. Because yeah. all this time, those handhelds have never been, at least for me, really worthwhile. Where Rabbids, to me, oh. Zelda, um, most likely Mario, show that there's enough power in there to, to really yeah. nail it. And, and i got to say, you mentioned Rabbids. Rabbids, uh, it, first of all, it is the uh, best-selling non-Nintendo game on the Switch. But technically, it is a Nintendo game because it's got Mario characters in there, right? But it is Ubisoft-developed. But I swear, Carrick, that game is one of the most fun, enjoyable yeah. games that I've played in years. 
It is yeah. awesome. I've been, I put yeah. almost 30 hours into it. I, I'm probably going to do a second run and make sure I get all the challenges and stuff. Holy fuck, that game is just a joy to play. <laughs> and, and what's weird is, like, it, it, I don't know how much experience you have with, like, XCOM, but it, it with it, with all of these games, it's always been about items and upgrading your armor and this yeah. and that. And with that game, sure, you do that, but it's far more about movement. I've never played Absolutely. a game that's, that's that about... I mean, you're, like, bouncing off two guys, and then it's like, if you purchase this skill you can bounce off a third guy and you're all are you fucking i can clear the entire <laughs> level then and yep. so and then the bad guys are all well fuck you so can i and that's the another cool thing is this is one of the first games where i would go i'm safe no mm -hmm. i'm not safe like i'd be all oh yeah they definitely can't get me and then are you shitting me they can move that well so yeah. there's this there's this chess thing that goes on and using the the pipes and it's and what's funny is it's small things the pipes of course from super mario they didn't go nuts they're yeah. not everywhere. They're just in enough places to trigger the memory of of pipes in like a Mario. Yeah, and, and like for instance as well, every time you finish a certain area in a world, it's got like the Super Mario. Yeah. And I, I'm I, like, oh, I love this shit. And so it yeah. it very much like feels like a Nintendo Mario game in certain areas, but it's just so different. And yeah. like what, what what you were saying with movement, I, I know when I'm upgrading my uh, skill my skill trees, and it's like oh give this character one extra space of movement or give this special ability uh, one extra space of range. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to use that? And then I'm in the game and I've used that skill, and then there's this one stage where I can kill a bunch of enemies, use Mario's M power ability to give everyone increased damage, and everyone's mm -hmm. just within the range that I've increased it by. I'm like. That's why it's useful. It's just, it's such a brilliantly crafted game, and I recommend anyone to play it. I really do. You know what's weird about Rabbids, too? Not yeah. weird, but makes me hopeful. My hope is that Ubisoft reaches out to Nintendo and says, obviously, this is successful. Yeah. We have good developers. Let's, can we offset some of your lack of, of development at this time with your IPs? Can we take on Metroid? Or can we take on blah, blah, blah. And I, as long as they got these groups and they, they did the same kind of thing and didn't just make an Assassin's Creed game with a fucking Metroid character, yeah. I would be really interested in seeing what they can do together. They seem to have a, there's a synergy a little bit yeah. between those two companies. Can, so. can I be honest? What I'd really like to see is a Super Smash Brothers Rabbids game mm -hmm. as a sequel. Oh, yeah. a sequel. How <laughs> a sequel? awesome that would, would be that sweet. be? I mean, and like you could have Mario, you could have Link in there, you could have yeah. Pikachu. Like, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we've seen it before where games, you know, they merge things, whether it be from their own companies where they put them in. You're like, that's yeah. awesome. Why don't they do it more? This is one of those ones that's mainstream enough that I think that we could see a sequel from it, and it wouldn't be just a one-off. That's my hope. No, definitely, absolutely. Well, I think that's enough switch talk for now. Let's move on to. Something that's a little bit more controversial, at least the, the wider topic is, in terms of what happened with copyright, it's pretty clear on the law, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the YouTube, PewDiePie, Campo Santo copyright strike thing that happened. So we all know what happened with Pewds, so I'm not going to mention what he uh, said, but he said something bad on a stream, and in response, Firewatch's dev said, I'm going to DMCA your videos that you've had playing Firewatch. People got upset about that and said, you can't do that, blah, 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 blah. But um, YouTube has actually accepted the DMCA strike against PewDiePie. And you've had a, a number of, of lawyers on the internet, 
like actual lawyers that have come out and said, uh, yeah, this is completely legal. Like you don't necessarily mm-hmm. need a reason to issue a DMCA strike against someone else. Whether that's like morally right or there's justice in that, I mean, m- having studied law myself, you-, you really quickly discover that there is no such thing as justice in the law. Like, exactly. There's really not, unfortunately. And, and copyright is something that is, has been designed and lobbied from the ground up to be about protecting IP. Um, yeah. So when you ask whether, oh, did Campo Santo have the right to do this? Yeah, actually, they did. Yeah, actually, Let's Plays aren't fair use. Uh, at mm. least not. it's not a clear-cut case, and we haven't had it tested in court. So I'd love to get your thoughts on this. You know, we can avoid what PewDiePie actually said, but the whole copyright sure. system. I, I mean, I agree. I I will say that I think that um, there's many times in any industry that I'm in right now where somebody does something that uh, is morally shit but completely legal. Yeah, that's a lot of people have. Uh, uh, they they hold gaming up like fucking Simba and the Lion King, you know? <laughs> and they're just like. Oh. Um, but uh, they do it with GTA, Rockstar. They do it with all these. And the problem is, is they're all companies. They're all trying to make money. They're all trying to do this, trying to do that. No. Uh, a, a, a person did something stupid. A company did something stupid. They're, it, it's completely legal for them to do it. You're yeah. the one who actually alerted me. When I first came on the channel, actually, I think it was even just when I was visiting, you You were the one who alerted me that about case study and how, like, even if it is proven here, yeah. you still have to prove it again and again. And I was just like, well, fuck. And so you sort of changed my entire opinion of what I even worry about because mm-hmm. in the end they can do it. It was it. I don't think it was smart. I think it was actually quite a stupid no, use of it. It absolutely and backfired. It backfired yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. The and that's what I'm worried about. Is the backfire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Really? Uh, we, yeah, we that's, can a talk, we can, that's a whole different thing. But well, dude, I'm so pissed about review bombing right now because people are review bombing things that just like I don't know if you heard, but I had somebody I just talked to somebody on my Twitter where they're an independent game developer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And after four years, they needed to make a new game and people review bombed their old one because they're making the new one. And that oh, was and man. yeah. And he's like, I cannot believe this. He's all all the goodwill completely flipped. When we announced the new game, they were like, well, you're leaving the old game. And he's like, double fine is always brought up. I don't know if you remember double fine. Yeah. Abandoned title. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people are using that as like uh, the moment you double fine is the term like you've double fine. And yeah. See, review bombing is a is an interesting thing because sometimes and, and this is why I'm torn on the review bombing of Fallout 4, because sometimes people are review bombing. To an actual, because of an actual change in the game, right? Yeah. And if an actual change in the game affects your enjoyment of it, then people, of course, are entitled to to change their review to to negative. Absolutely. Because presumably, either these are people that haven't reviewed and then are just leaving a negative review, or they're changing their review from positive to negative or neutral to negative mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. So I think Fallout 4 is a different situation. But then the one that you just mentioned, that's actually, we're going to review bomb you because we don't agree with your business practices. And as a result, there's a very skewed view of the game on Steam. Like, let's say a genuine consumer went on Steam and said, all right, I want to buy this game, and everyone's just negatively review-bombed it. Then they'll be like, well, why why did that happen? Like, was this response to something different in the game, a change in the game? And if it's not, then people are like, well, why why is this negatively reviewed now? It actually puts people off playing the game, and I guess that's the whole point of review-bombing, right? People want to punish a company, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it is weird that we see it We it, with the DMCA as well. We see where a punishment is meted out 
that a lot of times, not yeah. all the time, not all the time. I certainly want to make sure people don't think I'm fucking saying this all the time. I'm just yeah. saying that 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 all that many times though can appear to be not necessarily connected to the original problem, and that to me is a, a dangerous feedback loop. That once it gets going, it's really hard because humanity doesn't just fucking stop. <laughs> like you know, if we're doing it, we're not going to be like, oh, you know what? We should all agree. Let's be better people. This is not 2010, a space odyssey. It's like that's not what happens. Yeah. People don't just agree on that shit, and that's what I worry about because I don't want a small developer. It, like you said, a new a newcomer. So let's say a newcomer. A lot of people I deal with are, are day one. So let's say a day one comes in. I'm going to guarantee you they're not going to investigate why it's negative. They won't even know how no. to. Yeah. They would just and say, oh, that, it's negative. Oh, sorry. Exactly. Exactly. Even if they now go to the Steam page, because even typing that into Steam uh, or Google, you may see the Steam page as the first yeah. whatever, uh, like um, – like link or or little blurb yeah, and right. you might see the score there and and, and, and the thing uh, is like if you go on steam now i don't know if you've seen the new histograph uh that shows you so it if for people that don't know if you go on steam you look at a game's review score it actually shows you shows you a graph where it'll highlight particular periods where the game got suddenly got a bunch of negative reviews and it gives you the option to actually exclude those and then go about your way and see what else people said about the game. But again, the problem is you go onto the Steam page. The first thing that you see, game, recent reviews, overall like negative or something like that. And then overall it could be like, I don't know, neutral or mixed or, or something. Well, I can't remember the specific terms used. But not everyone's going to scroll down to that graph and, and say, all right, I'm going to look at this time period and that time period and exclude yeah. this. And I want to make sure I get the view of the game. So if if... Steam or Valve actually viewed this as a serious problem, then I think they would say, we're actually going to by default exclude those negative time periods. And I'm not saying that they should, because it, it's just, it's a lose-lose lose situation here. Because with Fallout 4, yeah. again, the review bombing came into it because of a major change to the game. It didn't take anything mm -hmm. away from people, but it's still something that if it was in there from day one, a reviewer would have said, well, that's a negative part. So I'm going to review right. the game yeah. less favorably because of that. So I can see why that happened, and you wouldn't want to get rid of those negative reviews with 4R4. But right. with other games, it's it's not so clear-cut. Yeah, it's worrisome because I, I think consumers should have... I mean, that's what my channel is based around, is consumer. I, I think that they should have a, a feedback loop. Yeah. But the problem is, is they don't always. And so what happens is they have unfortunately had to go and do things. And, and it's it's just like DMCA, to get back on, um, on PewDiePie... Yeah. What happened there is like camp or fire Campo Santo. the yeah Campo Santo. Thank you. They they decided to use that because there isn't a tool other than that one yeah. in no, YouTube. You're and right. so they, yes. yeah, so it's like, well, I can't build a house without a hammer. I don't have a hammer. Here's a sledgehammer. Eh, it'll do. <laughs> it's like yeah. it may not look very good though. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, mean me. I guess what they could have done initially is just emailed PewDiePie and said, "Can you take these videos down now?" I mean, that would have sure. been the situation. Yeah. And in fact. Here's the thing. PewDiePie did private the videos, but I guess the argument is he only did that to try and avoid, avoid a DMCA, which, as we know, it doesn't work. Um, no. But uh, you mentioned uh, the thing about case precedent that I mentioned before. The reason why mm -hmm. this is interesting is that because let's say if we had a case about fair use and let's playing and streaming games go to court. The thing is with fair use, and what people need to understand is that 
The finding of the court will be very specific and targeted to the facts of the case. So with fair use, they look at a number of things. They look at how much of the game is used. They look at the uh, whether the, the core or the heart of the game, like spoilers or major story points, whether that's used, whether the video is monetized. So they'll look at all those facts and come to a conclusion about that case. And while that might be a precedent for future cases, it's not going to be determinative. Like, a let's mm-hmm. play that's just straight gameplay, no editing, and very little commentary is going to get a different result to one that's very highly edited and that doesn't yeah. have that many, like... Transformative It's transformative, absolutely. Like, transformative is a huge key factor here. So, and, and the, the, the thing is, is that this isn't even really a case about fair use because the only time PewDiePie gets to bring up fair use is if he's taken a court or if he tries to fight it. Right. Like, from, from this situation, fair use is just like, well, it's an offense. Like, you can't do anything until you're in court. What I'm worried about is that, um, and we haven't seen this, but it's possible. Yeah. Uh, the, the feedback would probably be pretty fucking horrible, but I'm just nervous that a company is going to misuse it because they don't like a review. Sixth Axis had the issue yeah. with NBA 2K18, which now they've basically come out and said, oh, no, it wasn't. It was, We weren't like in trouble with with them or whatever, but it it I'm worried that a company like that will be all, oh, you know what? I don't like Carrick's review because he said never touch. So I'm going to DMCA him, even though I'm the one who gave him the game. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, but, but in, I mean, in that instance, I think because review is one of those kind of clear cut categories under fair use where oh, true. Th- like you would have a strong, strong defense if that was ever taken. And then like, say if, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, because even in Australia, we have fair dealing, but review is still a category. Like, if you mm-hmm. review something and, and use copyright, mater- copyright material in the process, that's a solid defense. So I'd say, yeah, take me to court. <laughs> Let's oh, see okay. what happens. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's one of those situations where in terms of the a- a- any goodwill that I guess Campo Santo had with, with the internet, it's been uh, damaged <laughs> a lot. And I don't know, maybe some people thought that he was like, he he was in his legal right to do so. But whether that was actually the morally right or just right thing to do, it's it's up for debate. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those situations that we're in again, right? Because of some people, not and and you can blame just him. It's not just him. Yeah, it's like streamers, whatever. Um, it, even entertainers. It's like uh, you you you're always grouped up with that group that where one individual just oh <laughs> yeah, screws we the we are YouTubers, <laughs> Carrick. Yeah, there's no yeah. differences. We're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I hope I hope it sort of I hope it sort of solidifies into a, a desire on YouTube's part to apply some some good amount of resources in putting together a couple more tools. And um and I don't believe this will happen at all because no. I, I think YouTube has other issues. But it, I that's what I wish. I'll just say that. I, mean, I don't think it'll happen. But I wish that. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. I mean, like Carrick, you know, and I'm sure it's been happening to you. This whole adpocalypse thing and demonetization—it's been fucking my channel up. Like, yeah, me too. All, I all but one video that I've uploaded since the new system was was in place has been limited or or placed with no ads at some point. What the fuck? Really? Yeah, that's even worse than mine. Mine's probably every one for every two. No, it it was oh. at one stage it was oh. uh, seven or eight of my eight or nine uploaded videos or something like that where. That had all at one point been limited, and the the annoying thing is, is that it'll usually happen when I go to sleep. So I'll go to sleep, right, and I wake up after you know however many hours it was limited with ads, 
and I'll dispute her in the morning, and then I'll take all day to to fight. So, I and in every instance, by the way, I've been successful. So in every yeah. instance, the system has been wrong, and I've lost thousands of of views in terms of potential ad revenue. Do you know what's even crazier? Um, I don't. I'm not saying that. Okay, I want to make sure that I'm saying this out loud. I'm not saying this is the reason. I'm just saying this is peculiar to me. Yeah. Um, it was taken about 48 hours exactly for any of mine to be de- remonetized. And again, wow. they've been wrong on almost every one. Yep. Uh, here, here's what's weird. I started tweeting on the hour to YouTube Gaming <laughs> and saying it's not monetized or it's not uh, remonetized. If you're demonetizing it instantly, why can't you remonetize it? Why can't you check? And I just yeah, kept yeah, saying yeah. it. And I didn't. I didn't get much of a response, and I was like, you know, they just think I'm a shit, whatever. So then I tweeted and said, um, I've decided to join together with some other YouTubers where we're looking at the algorithm for uh, this, and it appears that 48 hours, which is actually what's happening, the exact amount of time that your video is going to get views is what's demonetized. And the moment it's monetized is when you're out of views. And I had actual Google people email me. And say, we've remonetized them. And it, we're talking 17 minutes. I did it and they were like, hello, we hear you have a problem. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't send a partner report to you. Wow. So, yeah. So I don't know if they were just like, they saw the tweets or they saw the major tweet. But it was hilarious. <laughs> I was telling Maddie, I was like, dude, whoa, that was a weird reaction from them. Like, yeah. that was not what I expected. Um, but That's crazy. It, 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 it's just one of the things that like, uh, hopefully we see another company come up you know, like a vid me or something there. Unfortunately, I, I don't think we will because YouTube's just so big. No, and and but, I was saying, um, I mean, like you're, you're one of the bigger channels on, on YouTube in terms of size, especially c- compared to me, but even your move to vid me, it's not, it's, it's not like everyone's going to move to vid me and start watching your videos exactly. there and you're going to start making the same amount of money. It just exactly. doesn't work like that, right? It, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. And in fact, my views don't, or my videos get a hundred views, maybe tops. Yeah. So. And that's the point that I'm making. And you're still getting what, like on average 50,000 views on, on a video. I don't know what your numbers oh, are. Oh yeah. I, I, I do a lot of podcasts, which are only like 8,000. That's that so watch time it, though. That's that watch time. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The yeah. watch time. Unfortunately, the podcasts are where I drop F-bombs in the first like three seconds. <laughs> so they're, no lie. The best videos for monetization are the ones they haven't remonetized because they're like, yeah. you can't start the video just with a tirade. <laughs> like we're not going to let that happen. <laughs> so that's sort of my fault. But yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of the, it's just people trying to deliver information to consumers, people trying to make entertainment, stuff like that. Yeah. It's going to be pretty interesting for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, no, it absolutely see. will be. And like we we're talking about this before I've made a conscious effort to start streaming more and, and I'm not like tweeting, uh, treating Twitch as a replacement for YouTube. Cause it certainly isn't. I mean, I think this month I, there was a stage where I'd made more on Twitch, but now YouTube has overtaken that. Um, mm. But the thing is with Twitch is that I know everyone says, well, if someone creates a competitor platform, it'll be great. But I will say, well, these issues are just going to follow every platform everywhere because advertisers right, yeah. will always be, always be scared. But Twitch is different because advertisers know Twitch is about games and it's about live yeah. streaming. So it's very hard for those issues to, to come up as as uh, severe as they did on, on YouTube because when you've got advertisers on YouTube, like they're thinking about, oh blog channels and, and makeup and and toy openings so gaming is an important section but it's a very uh, in the grand scheme of things it's a it's a small part of youtube so and they fucked they fucked up the release of youtube gaming i mean look yeah. youtube gaming could have done that they could have said okay this is our twitch 
but it's you, you know YouTube gaming. We got a we have a page for every game, which they do. Yeah. They've got some insane stuff on the gaming side. They only put the sponsorship on the gaming side, which was crazy to me. They don't allow you to have the sponsor button on your normal part yeah, of YouTube. Yeah, no, you're right. Someone said that to me, Dude, and I'm like, very okay, weird. Hold very on, weird. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So yeah. only if I'm live streaming, or at least have it enabled on my channel, can I take right. advantage of it. Correct. And only if you go to your main YouTube page, the sponsor button, if you go with somebody else or uh, somebody goes, they won't see the, the sponsorship. It's only on the subscribe. gaming page. It's only on the gaming page. <laughs> so uh, it's just really weird. And uh, it, it yeah. sort of points out what you just said. They know Twitch, is, maybe advertisers know Twitch is gaming. Maybe that's what YouTube gaming had tried to do, but they failed that. Um, they could have, the things they could have done... Uh, Here's when, when I was told about YouTube gaming, do you know what I thought? I fucking like, here's me with like my dreams of grandeur, but I thought (laughs) it was going to be like, okay, you go to Bethesda or sorry, you go to, um, fallouts page. Fallouts page is going to have like speed run fallout championships where YouTube is going to, you know, sponsor, uh, you know, some kind of championship where every single game is going to have huge stuff where Bethesda is going to say, we want YouTube gaming. We want to do this thing, major, major tile. And instead, when you go there, it is quite literally just a search filter that's plastered up. There's no special, um, there's yeah. no special reason to call it gaming, and that that disturbs me. It could have been could have been awesome. That sucks. That really does suck. But um, anyways, YouTube issues aside, Carrick, we have another topic that you wanted to talk about. Battlegrounds developer attacks Fortnite for replicating their game. So do you want to explain this in a little bit more detail? Because you're more familiar. Yeah, yeah I guess I guess um, the Fortnite devs are going to release a standalone like Battleground kind of game. And yep. it, it is standalone, which I can see that sort of bothering them. But the Fortnite devs are like, hey, listen, we worked with this with these guys prior to the release because they're the ones who sold us the engine. And we're a little disturbed that it's so close. And so we're, so we're going to they had a very veiled we're going to seek you know information on what we can do about it yeah. but the thing that, the thing that bothers me is this is also the dev that multiple times have been like we're so happy everybody's copying us because <laughs> you know and and then it's like oh and i told you this prior to the podcast it's almost like they looked and they went whoa shit epic they're big enough to do well let's let's look at them and and i think that's a clear cut case of saying you can't do you that would not work i mean if you're if you're out there and about telling everybody it's great and then you turn around and just say just because it's epic i i guess because they worked on the engine together maybe they have a little bit more say but i don't see fortnite stopping this i i don't see like those guys going oh, okay we did we done wrong we'll turn it off that's not what's gonna happen so yeah. it, it's a it's an odd complaint from PUBG devs they th- those guys need to fucking make the game they're <laughs> banning streamers they're fucking you know they're they're policing tweets it's like what happened they're releasing loot boxes we won't release loot boxes is exactly what they said. They're like, we have loot boxes now. Yeah. They, I, did they say that that's to support their esports endeavors or something like that? I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they have to have said a reason, um, but to, to make it more palatable. Time. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's what I guess it, it can happen. There's a risk that when, when a small developer, because I believe they were a small developer. They were. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, when they experience such fast growth, they don't know what to do. Because it's it's much it's as much of a surprise to them as it is to yeah. anyone else. I mean, they said they didn't expect to sell, I think, over three hundred and thirty thousand copies in their first year, and they're over ten million, like, yeah. st- like crazy, Arc. crazy numbers. 
And now they got this publishing deal with Xbox, and they're probably going to sell another however many yeah. million on, on Xbox. And I, I can guarantee behind the scenes they're hiring people desperately. They're yeah. trying to figure out what they are as a company and, and what to do because, like, literally, this was meant to be the phase where they would be managing a somewhat small but active community and just doing post launch right. support. But now they're like a megastar. They're, they're, yeah. They have overcome Dota and Counter-Strike. It's insane. It, it, it is insane because I'm telling you, I've, I've said this multiple times. The first time I turn that on, I'm like, this is the jankiest looking fucking game. Like it, It's like <laughs> the physics are fucked up. And and that's why I love it. It's such proof that fun factor matters and that like, is Absolutely, it fun? Absolutely, yeah. And, and it is. And I that's why I hope they stay out of removing the fun on some, like the honk. They're trying to stop people from being able to like honk, like all this weird stuff. They need to hire a consultant or two to come in and say, okay, like we'll, we'll hire out groups to police this stuff and inform everybody. You, you guys work on the game and, and get it ready because my personal opinion is they're just like you said, they're probably behind the scenes like the arc devs. We already know the arc devs got in trouble because they were, I don't know if you read the news on this, but no. When Arc when Arc was originally created, one of the devs was from another company and took assets yeah. to Arc, and they got sued, and they and they are having to pay. But what's funny is, if they had not done as well as they would have done, I can guarantee you, guarantee you, they would have not got sued. And the reason why it took a certain amount of months until they started hitting the news all the time before the company that they used to work for with yeah. that employee was like, hmm, let's check into this. So <laughs> it, it, it does happen where you have that big explosion and, and suddenly you're like the movie star, young kid who who has all the, <laughs> the cocaine and hotties around you. <laughs> and you're, you're on TMZ all the time going, why? I can't get out of the news. <laughs> so No, seriously. And, and here's the thing. I mean, we all usually know whenever there's like a new popular thing like PUBG and people try and do their own thing. So I think it was GTA was looking or has done something similar. They have. They, they have. have. And then it was Ubisoft looking to do something similar with their game, Ghost Recon, I think. Yeah. Um, but, and, and then I guess Fortnite to an extent. Usually when you have other companies and other games come out and tr try and do the same thing, it usually doesn't work. If you're the right. first one to do it and to do it right, everyone else see those sees those other attempts and say, well, they don't do it as good as PUBG. I'm going to keep paying, playing PUBG. And I guess it's that kind of, reverse attention for PUBG because then you'll have a bunch of articles saying, well, Fortnite's trying to copy PUBG. But the worst thing for PUBG to do in that instance is to say, oh, we agree, they shouldn't do that. They should say, oh, we, we just love that people love our game. And that's yeah. the best thing they could do in that situation. So th they have the attention on them and, and then say, well, we're not, like, just, let's not say anything about that. And let's just say, yeah, we like that people love our game. Simple. Yeah. Have, have you played it? No. And I have no, no intention to. No intention. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember you saying that. Okay, I, yeah. I was listening um, to um the Funhouse podcast on, mm -hmm. on Rooster Teeth, and they're pretty much the same thing. They're like talking about how popular it is, and oh yeah, have you played it? Oh, I played it like once. I'm not going to play it because like it, it's a it's a fun game, but again, it's it's just with me, it's it's not a single player game, and that's where my interest is at the moment. So sure, makes sense. Yeah, but like, how often have you played it? Is it frequent for you or? No, it's not frequent at all. It's, um, it's, uh, <laughs> it is, it's janky. It's still, it's and still buggy, isn't it? It's buggy as hell. And, and I'm so happy other people are cool with it, but also I'm pretty busy, so I don't get a chance yeah, to like yeah, return yeah. to anything old. But, um, 
I, uh, I don't get a chance. I, I'm stick more to Arma. I'm a huge Arma fan. Uh, I like super, super hard, like military shooters. So I'm more into that. It's, it's good though. You know, and what I've seen looks hilarious. Like I think it's a social thing as well. I think that for right now, some of the popularity is social. What yeah. are you doing tonight? I'm playing this instead of like, I'm going to the bar. It's, it's, it's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm playing PUBG. So am I, let's, you know, <laughs> let's and do it. it's, yeah. yeah, it's like, da, 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 da. it's like night at the Roxbury at home as a nerd. So <laughs> I, my hope is, is that, um, they continue to do well and that those devs sort of take just a breath for a second and go, okay, what do we really need to concentrate on? They have a big release for Xbox and I would rather have them really stress that and take care of those things than worry about like stream snipers or, yeah, or, yeah. or, or stuff. Let people have their fun and sort of let it just see how it works out. Like give it a little bit of time yeah. and sort of see. Cause touching on that, I mean, it's like they, they've started to go and they've partnered with ESL. I, be, I believe on this, they started to go uh, real full uh, ham on the, on their esports side of it. And this is the thing. I mean, esports with games like counter-strike and, Overwatch right. work really well because they're really balanced and like like the games are fun to play, but with PUBG, as far as I see it, it's a it's really a Twitch game mm-hmm. because it's yeah. so fun to stream. It's so fun to just fuck around because there are glitches. Like it's not really like a polished game like you would expect a polished esports game to be, but it's yeah. like that's what they're trying to be. And I guess taking right. away from what made PUBG fun in the first place. I don't like. I'm talking about my, out my ass here, but just from what I hear people saying about it, I mean, maybe that's a risk with this game. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I certainly hear the same thing, but I I hear people who are worried. They still like it, but they're worried it'll go that way. And then I know some people who sort of left it um, uh, over various little things that have happened. I know some people are jumping in. It's it it is it's just it's a lot of it is social, and mm. I have forgotten about the esports. I think. That when a company jumps into esports, one of the first things you are always going to see, and we've seen it every time, and apparently these guys are doing it too, uh, it, they will crack down on things. And one oh, of absolutely. the reasons why is because there's a there's a, a political saying that is re- called restoring confidence. CEOs do it as well. Where like, so let's say a company fucks up, CEO will be fired, and they'll pretend like that fixed everything. They'll be like, okay, we fired the CEO. And it's called restoring confidence. And I think that with this, they're like, okay, if you know we're going to do esports and stuff, let's make sure that people know we're going to hammer particular things. And I'm not 100% sure that's really what makes that game tick. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting be to see. But yeah. it's funny that we talked about Fortnite because let's talk about Fortnite and just cross-platform play in general. So there was a bit of a, of a mistake, I guess, where the developers <laughs> of Fortnite Epic accidentally turned on cross-platform play between Xbox One and PS4, where temporarily you could actually play with someone on a competing platform. Um, and they said that this was a mistake. They they turned it off. Um, Phil Spencer on Twitter said, well, they should have left it on. It was, I guess he was being snarky in that regard. Um, but here's the thing. This shows how easy cross-platform play is. How really, yeah. it is. I mean, if a, if a developer can do it by accident then any developer can do it. And, you know, we've heard this. I mean, I think it's Rocket League's devs have said, it is. it's literally, give us a day and we'll have uh, cross-platform play, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to get your thoughts about just cross-platform in general and Sony's, I guess, apprehension towards going down that path. I mean, we know why Xbox is doing it. Like, 
I I understand why Xbox is doing it because it just means a bigger audience for the people that play their games. And yeah. even if they're like, you know, people are going to PC, which they are, they can still play with the Xbox Play. So Xbox is still trying to stay in there. But with Sony, imagine if you were in their shoes. Would you care? Well, first, I do want to say, I want to ask the people who are watching if they think that was an accident, because bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you don't I'm, just I'm do sorry. that. Come on, brother. Uh, they, you don't just push the big red fucking button that says yeah. do shit that no one has said is okay. So I would like to hear what people, if in the comments, I'd like to hear if you think that was a mistake or completely on accident. Um, Sony, I think we've talked about it a little bit. I think sometimes those companies are just worried about their infrastructure overlaps and and yeah. it's it's sad because Sony has shown, uh, I heard this in another podcast where somebody said it is really scary when Nintendo seems more forwardly progressive <laughs> than Sony. <laughs> uh, and in, 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 in that particular element, I would actually yeah. agree. And um, it, it's it's really weird. I, I don't know why. I mean, I just don't really get if, I, it almost feels like an ego thing where Sony's like, we didn't say we wanted to do it. Our competitor wants to do it, so we don't want to do it. It's almost like when you ask a girl if she, you know, finds you hot, she's like, "No," and you're like, "Well, I don't find you hot either." And yeah, then you yeah, run yeah, off. yeah, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you think? I mean, is that what? Do you first of all, do you think this fucking thing was on accident? No, I don't. I I, I genuinely think that they just said, "Well, I, 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 this is speculation, right?" So let me. Sure, of course, clear. yeah, mine too. Yeah, but um. Maybe they just did it and to see if anyone noticed and then it would just go on by. Um, I, I don't know the specifics about it, but regardless, look, cross-platform is something that I'd really like. Again, when you have one game on three different platforms, and now four, actually, because when you have, like, let's say Minecraft, it's PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch, you have fragmented audiences. And I, yeah. like... I get the whole, well, if you play a game on PC and Xbox, it's unfair because keyboard and mouse is better than controller. But that stuff, I think, can be get around. Like, you could have on PC a controller only, maybe there'll be ways to get around this too, but let's say it was workable. Like, a controller-only uh, server, and then you could play cross-play with, it, with everyone else. So I think there are ways to fix that. But, it, like, for me, it just really gets around the whole uh, fragmented player bases. And especially games that are kind of in their twilight and may not have many plays on individual platforms, but together they could do very well. I mean, let's take Lawbreakers, for example, Carrick. We know Lawbreakers has shit numbers on PC. I don't know yeah, how they right. are on PS4. They could be doing pretty well. So why not let yeah. uh, PC players play with a controller with PS4 players? Right. Yeah, and uh, I, I do have to give kudos to the people who found that this was on because it's some straight-up Murdoch Mysteries bullshit. Oh, like, how, how do you some... figure that out? Some gamer was playing, no shit, and he looked, and he saw that somebody else's username had a fucking space, and he was like, that's impossible, <laughs> PS4 doesn't allow for spaces in your username. <laughs> so then he tracked them down, found that they weren't on the PS trophies pages or in, oh, or oh in any user bases, God. but he looked on the Xbox one, and that fucker showed up, so he messaged him and said, I just played a game of Fortnite in this level, blah, 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 blah. And, and was that you? And the guy's like, yeah, it was me. And they were like, crossplays on. <laughs> it's, look, that's, you can't do anything on the internet without somebody being like, we're going to figure your shit out. That's fucking <laughs> you <know>? fantastic. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Well, I was just reading it going like, and Reg, one of the guys on the channel was like, hey man, this is this and this happened. And as he was telling the story, I was like, what the, like, what is this? It's so hilarious that yeah. somebody's just like, I don't like the fact that you have a space. There's something... <laughs> 
Something but hinky. Who knows? He- like he must have owned a PS4 <laughs> to say, "Wait a minute." He did. Yeah, you he can't put a space in the username. Can't put spaces in. Yeah, it's, it's. I love it. I love it. That's great. I, um, I think that also when you look at crossplay, you have uh, Rocket League, like you said. Yeah. And you have a couple of these games. We we see that Microsoft doing the Minecraft um, play everybody play whatever that's called that patch where everybody can play yeah, on yeah, Minecraft I know what you now. Mean, yeah has knocked it out of the park. Like, Minecraft sales are up, and they were already up, but, I mean, people are just... I have friends who, if you saw them, you'd be like, they don't like Minecraft, there's no way. And their entire family is playing on the Switch and on the... You know, they're, like, like, doing all this Who hasn't bought stuff. Minecraft yet? And I'm like, no, they're just new people that haven't played games, probably. Right, that right, Minecraft's and I like really accessible. the idea. Yeah. I like the idea of mixing these user bases. I think that um, I there's games on the PS3, I remember people saying, there's nobody playing. But on the Xbox, there is. So yeah. I'm playing an Xbox version. And it's like, well, what if you could push a button and you're playing your PS3 version against the Xbox 360? I mean, it seems so normal. Yeah, and, and seems- I guess, like, for Sony, it's because they are the market leader and they have, like, right. what is it, 70 million PS4s out there now. And I don't even think they don't, they don't see the point. I mean, maybe if they were in Xbox shoes, they would see the, the use in having cross-platform because their players would, would be arguing that, oh, we don't have enough people to play against. And maybe that's happening to an extent on Xbox. But I think it's a just an issue of they're really big and they, they don't see the need. And especially when, if you turned on cross-platform play, it could cause other issues, as you said, with the infrastructure and, and whatnot. And I, I don't know, like, does cross-platform play worry a platform holder? that somehow those people will stop being PS4 gamers? Like, is that, like, that, could that be a worry, irrationally or rationally? I don't know, because I don't, I, I don't understand that argument, really. I mean, maybe with Xbox, if you're cross-platforming to PC, you're saying yeah. to people that want to play on PC, it's okay, because you can still play with Xbox people. So maybe they lose players, but for, for Microsoft, it doesn't matter, because they own PC too, like, to an extent. You know? No, you're you're absolutely. I mean, I always joke with people about that. I'm like, dude, if, if if Microsoft probably be pretty happy if you bought it on the on the PC as well. There's a reason why they give it. <laughs> there's a reason why they give every game out free on the other platforms. Absolutely. So, and it and I still think it's a bug, but those games work against each other, which I still can't believe. So, yeah, yeah. one version of Gears will allow you to play two people, one on the Xbox, and and from what I understand, one on the now. Xbox and Xbox X will do that. So mm. if that's true, that means if I buy one copy of Gears, I may, if it's true, I'll be able to play on my Xbox, my Xbox X, and on a PC. That's fucking awesome. And to me, Sony should look at it more as an opportunity to say, look at our normal IPs, plus we have cross-platform play. There is literally no better place to be right now. Instead of saying... If you want cross-platform play, there is a better place right now. That yeah. seems really odd. And, and you know what is really odd as well is is Tony, sorry, Tony's Sony's PS Now service. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like they're kind of saying to PC players, look, if if you don't want to buy PS4, we have this for you. But that service is one; it's streaming, and it's still not available in Australia yet, and and mm. other countries, mind you. So I I don't. Yeah, I don't understand Sony's reasoning with this. I I think they're just like they're the platform leader, and they don't need to. They feel like they don't need to. Like why? Right. Like I I could imagine a board meeting, and they'll bring this up, and, and they'll all be like, "Well, why? Like what what's what's the what's the benefit for us as a company? Like player aside, like increased player bases and all that, fine. But what's the benefit for Sony as a company? And I struggle to think of one. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I, I technically other than saying that now you have the best ecosystem if you have a PS4 yeah. because you can play it all. Um, yeah. But I guess that you are losing out if if you think about PC on Xbox, because then that would be the better side because of power. Yeah, it's it, I mean, they have to have a reason and it has to be financial in some way. And the reason why is, of course, the financial amount coming in has to equal or exceed the resources it would cost for them to do so. And at this point, yeah, it either doesn't or they're actively fighting it, which would be even stranger, like where they're actively saying, oh, we could make more money. People would see and, and we, you know, we looked at our reports and they'll buy more PS4s and yeah. then they're really against it. That's even worse. That's hmm. that's when you actively look at a company that and I'm, I'm not saying they're doing this, but you actively look at a company and start to worry that they're holding things back because they want to hold on to that space. Something Microsoft is often accused of. Yeah. Well, we can move on from that. We've got another Carrick topic. This is a NeoGAF uh, article that you sent to me. But the Duke, the Duke yeah. is coming back. Yeah, it well, <sighs> was. And I didn't realize uh, it was Destructoid and then through NeoGAF. I just happened to see it. But yeah, the Duke, man. I mean, I it's the controller for the original Xbox <laughs> that is being that is being now hardware created for the Xbox One and by a third party company. And Isn't that I, insane? This, Dude, I'm telling you, no lie. It's like it's like that fucking big. It's like <laughs> I, is, I remember the, I had one. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. And I know everybody hates it, but my hands cramp up on like the Wii. Uh, Xbox One is pretty good. Uh, PS4, I'm not a big fan of, but to me, the Duke, like I will be buying <laughs> one for every friend. Like I, that is my plan. So it's a stupid little bit of news, but to me, I'm so stoked. But nostalgia just, sells, man. And like for you, it's it's more of a well, it actually you know makes it more oh, yeah, it's actually, for me to play. It does, but yeah. I think for for other people, it will be well. It's like the SNES Mini and and that. I mean, nostalgia is killing it nowadays. It really is. It is. It is. And, it, and it's, it's, its own thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for an industry that that's not that old. <laughs> right. Like we love our nostalgia. I mean, 10, 20 years is enough for nostalgia, which like you know it makes sense. But to, to bring back this old controller, that's that's just funny I, to me. Well, and you know, you see, like, uh, there's the SNES. Have you seen the SNES PC controllers? I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess now that I, I j it just popped into my head that that happens as well. So I guess I'm not too surprised. Um, but yeah, it is. It's like the nostalgia. The nostalgia hit is crazy. Customization is crazy as well. You know, you see like tough controllers, which are the TUFF, which you can go online and for a certain amount of money, you can have it have mods and do crazy things in some yeah. games and, you know, side buttons and shit. So I, I do think that we'll probably see, start to see even more, unfortunately, or fortunately here uh, yeah, in the it, next it couple depends, years. You know, like w whether you want to see companies focus on newer stuff or, or bring back the older stuff. I mean, look, I personally, I, I don't mind this focus on nostalgia because eventually it's going to result in virtual console coming back for Switch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, Jesus, that's, that's another personification of uh, nostalgia. I mean, that's the entire reason why virtual console exists. Like, obviously, to make Nintendo money, but the reasons why these games sell as well as they do and these devices sell as well as they do is because people love their nostalgia. Um, yeah. So I don't mind and. And again, like another form of nostalgia is backwards compatibility on the Xbox One. I mean, let's yeah. say say there's a 360 game that you really want to play because you remember playing it growing up. You can do that now. So, like uh, again, th there are really good aspects of the nostalgia push that I don't mind. Um, yeah. Obviously, that there might be a point where 
let's say Nintendo keeps doing 64 mini and GameCube mini and just say, ah, oh, <laughs> give me virtual console. Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I the, vir- dude, the virtual console, I just still don't understand. You, you know, so we confused. are getting original Super Mario games on the Switch soon. It's happening. But it's not called virtual console. Oh, okay. Gotcha. What I don't know, man. I, I swear to God, there's a patent we don't know about that, like they can't, <laughs> that they don't want to break because they'll get in trouble. So they're all, yeah, we're not doing that or something. I like, did they use somebody's technology or something? I just I don't, don't I don't get it. It's a, it's an odd omission when you yeah. think about it. Um, it's like a Sony being released without the, you know, their controller having their controller be completely weird. Yeah. Where you're but, just like, why did you guys, why did you guys do this? It's just very odd. It is odd, but like, th- will that do controller work with a PC? Because then I might think about getting it. <laughs> I assume yeah. that it will. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it's PC as well. Yeah, it'll That's be sweet. um, be Windows 10 though. I would assume just yeah. you know looking at like the way Microsoft has been. But yep. No. Okay. Well, the next article that I want to talk about is it's a great article on Kotaku. Actually, Carrick, I was going to send this to you. And oh, okay, I'll, great. I'll send it to you right now. Um, essentially, it's an article that discusses how expensive it really is to make a video game. And they spoke, or I should say, uh, Jason Schreier, because he actually wrote this book. I can't remember the name of it, but it's focusing on the development of video games. And he spoke to a lot of industry and experts on this. Blood, sweat, and pixels. Blood, sweat, and pixels. There you, there you go. Thank you so much. I know some people yes. that are reading it that I need to, perhaps I do need to pick it up myself, but. So in the midst of talking to all of these developers, pretty much conclusively, they say on average to have one person working in a studio that's developing a game, it's about $10,000 a month per person, okay? To be able to, you know, in terms of salaries and overheads and all that kind of stuff, on average, that's how much you about budget for. So just imagine, all right, the example that they give, let's say you have a game that's going to take 18 months to develop. And five people to develop in that 18 months. So five times 18 times 10,000 10, is 900,000 US to make that game. It's insane how much, like, w- when you sit back and look, well, it's only five people. Well, it's only 18 months, but holy shit, it's gonna, you, you're going to need $900,000 before you start developing it, or at least have a good plan in terms of how you're going to get that money. Say if you want to work on a... a a game with a, t- a team of 40 people, right, across 24 months. 40 times 22, t- 24 times 10,000 is $9.6 million. It's just, it's amazing when you consider yeah. that. And that's not even marketing, right? Right. Straight yeah. development, straight employment costs, $9.6 million for a team of 40 to make a game over 24 months. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on this because, like, I always knew, like, and you and I always knew how expensive it is to make games. I mean, and and obviously we need to in- include marketing and stuff that can be almost as much as the budget for the actual game, like with Destiny, for instance. Right. But when you look at these numbers, just it's just I don't know. It blows my mind. It blows my mind how expensive it can be, but it makes complete sense too. You know. Well, and also uh, at my old job, one of the things I did was HR, and so you would find out how much an employee cost total their yeah. salary. Plus their insurance. Yeah. So those those numbers, he even says he may be lowballing, and I yeah, would say he, he actually he he actually probably is because those numbers are around they're they're a little low, for, especially for if what? you're like in San Fran or, or yeah, or high, yeah yeah. 
Right. Uh, oh, actually, actually, I should say I'm in the Pacific Northwest. So some places where we are in particular, I did probably see a, a higher delta there. But the, the thing is, is we always knew it was expensive. It's sort of cool did. to, to yeah. have them say, but I love how Obsidian popped in on that on that article. I was just reading it and they're like, that's a pretty good ballpark number. And I was all, OK, if they're saying it, this saying one of the that, yeah. things to remember is this. If they're saying it, then it means that a game that may not be see people always make this mistake. It's a first person shooter. It costs more money because it looks better, even yeah. though technically it may not look better. Hmm. What happens is your resources are deferred and changed over to different things. Uh, oil paintings for your backgrounds, which then need to be digitalized into the backgrounds, which then need to have your collision. Mess, blah, 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 blah. You have yeah, thousands yeah, yeah, yeah. of things going on. So when you have two companies releasing fucking totally opposite style of games saying, yeah, those numbers are pretty close. Yeah. That's when you start to go, oh shit. And then they gotta be lying when they say 24 months, because I'm going to tell you right now, no game I know of took fucking only 24 no, no, months. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, <laughs> like, what is, is like, that not insane? If we're talking about at minimum, a big triple A game, it's, it's not. Yeah, exactly. To, and it's maybe some, a year or so in pre-production too. I mean, I, I don't know if you watch the video, uh, of of the tour of, of tour of Obsidian, it's a tongue twister. Yeah. That Eurogamer did. They were talking with Fergus Urquhart, and he pretty much said, "Look, there's pre-production, production, uh, development, post-production. Across that entire period, you have people that are ten thousand dollars a month, and God knows how many months. I mean, video games are just they they are so expensive to make." So, um, so I'll continue, but we did have a little technical glitch there. So if you hear me repeat myself, I apologize. Uh, what I was going to say was there is, uh, the developer we just had on two weeks ago yeah. and we, we were talking to him about, you know, how development costs and there was a rare story and I do want to make sure people understand this is rare, but there was a rare story where four people's only job for two years was to brainstorm. That was it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Now, now normal would probably be three to six months where pre, pre, pre-production is where double fine. We've seen this with double fine where it's like, Hey, there's a couple people go off, get, get new tech, get like, you know, sort of put everything together and identify what we want to move forward with. And they have a couple months and three to six months is not really crazy hmm. for a group of people. If you don't want the entire company doing it. For yeah. a group of people to check into the feasibility of another title. That's pretty normal. It's R&D. It's R&D. There you go. It's a better way of saying it than Dream yeah. Team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, that, it's $10,000 for each of those people every month. Oh, like, and as a minimum, too. I mean, I don't even know whether that number that Kotaku pulled out was like just your, your average developer, like on, on an average salary. Because imagine you had a bunch of experienced people on your team and all those kind of costs come into it. It's it, that's really, it, really it, lowballing it. As they said, it doesn't include travel nah. and travel's huge. Look at watchdogs, watchdogs shipped 200 people to Toronto and had in Chicago and had them walk around the city and record real voice for their, I did a walking the walk for this Holy and shit. To some people there. Yeah. They shipped them there. They had them record real audio from what people were saying on phones and put it into the game with voice actors. So the person didn't get pissed, but yeah. so you have this very real feeling thing. Almost every game that that fans would like a GTA uh, fans would like that's big and open world. Sorry, GTA, Saints Row, uh, Watch Dogs, uh, even a Witcher. Those games require a, a stunning, stunning amount of travel. Hmm. And um, exa example, even Ethan, uh, the vanishing of Ethan Carter, a, a great game. They used uh, photo photo 
gramophy. I, I'm pronouncing the technology wrong, but they take a picture, multiple pictures, and they can input them into the game, make wow. 3D items. So they, so the reason why their game world looks so real, it literally is real. So what they did was they <laughs> shipped insane. people out to different places and they paid for their travel, which you have to, right? You want to make a person happy too. So you don't give them shitty hotels or whatever. I'm sure they're, yeah, I'm sure they're it. not staying at the Ritz, but yeah. yeah. And so you have travel and of course, marketing is huge and you have certification. Yeah. You, and, I mean, and, there are some insane things going on. And let's not. You know, even just, oh, I don't even know how you would calculate this, but how expensive it is for a publisher or a developer to show their game at E3 or a PAX or, or a Gamescom. I mean, you're talking travel, you're talking the, the money to build the booth itself. You're talking all those employees that are working there for God knows how many hours in the day. Wasn't it Cliff? Dude. Well, I thought, I, I'm pretty sure Cliff, either in that GDC that he did or on Twitter, he said one time that E3... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he said it was fifty thousand to one hundred thousand dollars for a AAA company. Um, uh, surely it's and, more than that. Surely. And I would think it was. That's what I was just going to say. I was uh, going to say that you would think it would be much more than that I mean, because you, of the number like, of people. You've seen some of those booths that that have been at E3 over the years, and you're thinking this must have cost millions to make. I mean, like, did you see Nintendo's booth at E3 this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane just in video. shit. And, yeah. and you, uh, you can't tell me that that didn't cost at least a million dollars to make that booth. At least. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, marketing's, uh, marketing's probably, I would consider it the big black hole that we need to figure out away from. Because if you could take half of the marketing money we spend now and put it into game development, yeah. you could probably skip out on microtransactions and a lot of titles. But you could you skip out on. And, that, and that's the problem. Can. Because that's, we live in this world where advertising and marketing is key. I mean... Oh, fucking hell. I don't, well, that's I, why they're switching to Twitch though, bro. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's yeah. why these companies are like, Hey, let's, let's talk to, let's talk to this Twitch streamer because he is marketing for a lot and less he's money. he's much cheaper or even free. <laughs> Cause like you can be like to a Twitch, Twitch streamer. Hey, and we're going to give you a, a code for our game. Can you play it? Yeah. Sure. That's, that's literally the transaction. There's no money changing 60 hands. 60 bucks. Yeah. 60 bucks written off. Even, I mean, if it's a digital <laughs> it's code for you yeah, as, as a developer, it's like, can you generate another code? And, and I know that yeah. Steam, you know, you, you have to buy a certain number of codes from Steam. So there is technically a cost, but still it's nothing. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, it's a new form of marketing that's cheaper, but still you still have budgets like with Destiny go up to the five. What was Destiny? Was it 250 million or 500 million? I thought it was two. Fi I thought Destiny was the one that said that their their marketing cost I identical to the game, and so if it's that's true, so two fifty and two fifty, then five exactly. It would be five hundred total. Yeah. Oh my five god, half a billion. Hundred. Yeah. Well, it, it, the thing is, is we start looking at money, and you start looking at a GTA and how many billions they've raked in from shark <laughs> cards and from all this stuff, and then you start to go, why are those companies the ones that are microtransactioning? Where which is blows my mind that like a GTA would do it versus, you know, they've well, sold no, their look at this stage versus somebody else. They're just, they're doing it because it's literally making them billions of dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Billions. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and I, I hope marketing, I hope we figure out something for marketing where it can be yeah. a little cheaper. Cause I also think that sometimes the marketing becomes where it's like, they're paying people to do the same things, but maybe the people themselves have moved on. So it's like, hey, go to E3. Well, guess what? A lot of people just watch Twitch so yeah, or yeah. YouTube. So maybe you should look at that versus spending 
what we consider probably a very, very, very low, low ball, which is the hundred thousand, but more like maybe, you know, 150 to three hundred thousand dollars and and i question how useful it is for some developers and publishers to go to e3 i mean did it help with lawbreakers is that game (laughs) so popular now because it went to e3 for for the past two or three years right you know what i mean like it's it's tough i think it is it is not a one-size-fits-all and i think every company like you know you look at nintendo they've opted for well we'll have a booth and we'll have a a nintendo direct but we're not going to have a press conference and then you have other companies. I, th- I think Take Two just didn't have any presence on the floor. If they did, it was like a business center um, yeah. for, for E3 this year. So every company just determines it differently. But at the very least, that $10,000 a month figure shows you how expensive it is to make a video game. And especially, and, and I think, hopefully, developers that are starting a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or whatever realize how expensive it is because they're like, yeah, we only need. 80,000 to make this game. <laughs> are, are you sure you're going to make a game in eight months with one person? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 And it's sad. So we, we, we've run out of like regular topics. However, I did include this, this one last thing. The development of Battleborn will cease after the fall update and Gearbox is moving to, to bigger and brighter things. Carrick, I know you've played Battleborn, right? You said it was a good yep. game. Just I liked it a lot. Talk, talk me through this. I mean, how does a game like Battleborn that you'd like, and, and I think on Metacritic, it's like a six point. Maddie liked it too. Maddie yeah. liked it too. And, but is it, it was released at the wrong time with Overwatch, yeah. even though it's not quite the same game. Like what went wrong with this game? Well, and also uh, it wasn't necessarily as uh, over the top as uh, Overwatch was. It tried to be, but it was, you know how some games will try to be artistically over the top, but when you really look at them compared to like the genre or whatever, if you put yeah. the other art next to them, you're like, oh, this isn't as as like artistically over the top as these guys yeah. think it is. Yeah. I, I still remember going to PAX and the there was Battleborn and Overwatch uh, booths and there were zero people in the Battleborn booth prior. So- it's even prior to the game being released, people were already doing the, oh, it's Overwatch versus, and and it's hard to go up against Blizzard. So I I think there's that, and I think the fact that it was, I enjoyed it, but um, it, it is just a game, I guess. It's not one I'm going to remember forever. Yeah, it's a, it was yeah. a, a good, solid game, if that makes sense. And so it's like, I had some fun playing it, and, um, and that's sort of it for... I mean, you can't go up against Overwatch, though. I, I and it doesn't remember. matter. They didn't try. But. No, they didn't try. And I remember Total Biscuit uploaded this long video saying... Or saying oh, he liked the, it, too. He yeah. liked No, he liked it. And he described yeah. all the differences and how, no, actually, Overwatch and Battleborn are very, very different games. But just from, like, a... I guess consumers, and especially if they're casual, they don't look at those specificities and say, well, are they actually different? Are they the same or whatever? They look the same. They very much looked and felt the same when you looked at trailers and, and, and whatever. Like, if you're a casual consumer that was looking to buy a game and you're like, all right, Overwatch, Battleborn, more people are playing Overwatch, I'm going to go play that. That's that's how simple the the, the decision yeah. was. And I, I honestly... But here's the question, though. Do we say that Battleborn would have done better without Overwatch being there? Yeah. Much better? Or a little bit better? Or what is it? I think a little bit better because there were actually reviewers who said, oh, there's Overwatch. And I was like, I'm sorry. That that would almost be like me playing a fighting game and saying, oh, but there's NBA 2K because there's a lot of differences between those two games. And so even mentioning it, so even reviewers got muddied up. Um, I think that uh, it would have done better. 
and it would have had time to it would like a, a siege you know yeah. a rainbow six siege it would have had time to possibly mature into something that was doing better um but again they had problems they're they're like paladines and what's the other game there's gigantic there's paladines and there's one other like you know team based yeah, running around on the ground game but um the, those games do they start to get muddied where like if we were if i saw one i'd be all which one is that even though once i played it and i know games but once i played it i'd be like whoa these are nothing alike yeah um yeah. graphically there was there was some similarities even if it's just oversaturated color and and <laughs> that yeah. it, it, and that i think um i think caused people to just to just move on i don't know how much better it would have done but i think that they would have also spent their money more wisely because i don't know if you heard this but their money on marketing they started becoming so worried about overwatch that they actually discussed it sometimes and wow. i'm like that shows that you're trying to prove something which you're probably right but you're in deep shit like uh, unrecoverable if if that's how you're ha having to spend some of your cash and some of your time yeah so and it, it, remember it went free to play my personal belief is that should have been free to play day one yeah yeah because like just I mean, if obviously if you can make the switch later, you could have made the switch day one, right? Just be like, okay, we're going free to play. It, it was a desperate it, grab. I mean, like, what was. option did they have at that stage? It, it's it's not as bad, but it's kind of like Brink going free to play. Like, right. Dirty like, Bomb was free to play right away, though. Yeah, so Brink. Yeah. So I wonder how Dirty Bomb is performing now. Very well. Very well. Very well. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, TB likes it. I was not a huge fan, but he, we happened to just randomly start talking about it, and uh, he had said that very well for for Dirty Bomb. Yeah, I want to yeah, make sure yeah, people yeah. don't. I'm not saying very well for GTA. There's no, <laughs> <laughs> like no comparison. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, oh dude, yeah. <laughs> here's the here's the thing. I mean, now now uh, Gearbox is moving on to Borderlands Three. That's obviously what they're doing. And I, could you just imagine the the mindset of a studio that's gone from a really, really poorly performing game like Battleborn that's now working on development of, of Borderlands 3, which will be one of, if not the biggest hits of the year that it's released. Just, I think everyone's mood and attitude in that studio is going to be uplifted. It's just, yeah, it's going to be completely different. And, and I wonder though, like this is the fear that I have. I mean, I've always said that a, a development studio like Gearbox, they can do more than one thing. They can afford to to experiment and stuff but when you have a big failure like battleborn you kind of don't want to take another risk that fails too because what does that do to you what does that do to your your, your the future prospects of your studio what does that do to your um publisher partner like 2k that doesn't own them but actually i don't know does does 2k own gearbox i don't think they do no i think that they're just the publisher they right? just have the publishing deal that's right but mm -hmm. what does it do when when 2k is like all right look you guys have had this bad game. We don't want you to do another bad game. We want you to work on Borderlands, which they are doing. But what do they do after that? Like, do do they, uh, after Borderlands 3, that is, do they say, all right, let's take another risk with another game or do we play it safe this time? I mean, th like that studio, I, I, I don't know what I'd do in that situation unless I look at the, at the finances. Like my best guess is what they're going to do is just bankroll the shit out of Borderlands 3. Like, right. keep supporting it like GTA, for instance. I'm not saying microtransactions. I'm saying keep supporting it with the expansions of some sort, like DLC or whatever, and then use that money as much as you can to to support Project 1v1 that they're developing. Like, what what do you think is the best course of action for, for Gearbox, especially given uh, Battleborn? Well, I do think that 
they did. I'm, I would assume they had a coming to Jesus moment. First of all, <laughs> when it came to like, we, ha we have to move on. Yeah. That's hard. Cause I've done those where we've shut down projects and there'll be people who cry like, and we weren't even in video games. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, at that, I, I'm sure people were invested. It's artistic. You got a bunch of people who are like, we, and the head, head guys will come in and say, I get it, but it makes no more feasible I sense think, for yeah, us to even have to a do? couple people. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I think personally their best bet it, and I, I, I agree with you. I see what you were trying to say, which is that basically, you know, do you do a bunch of risks on Borderlands or do you just release the new Borderlands as a sequel because you're worried about risk because you also, you, you, you failed on your last one. Yeah. So is that going to make them safer even on this Borderlands, which is then more worrisome because I don't necessarily think that if it's Borderlands 3, but really just Borderlands 2, that it'll be as classic because borderlands yeah. 2 hit and did something at that time that was slightly unique and felt unique and so three would not feel that way so three does need to switch some things up um yeah. but here's what i hope dude i you know what i would love i i want i just said this earlier i want fucking companies to go back to the expansion model shivering isles for oblivion those kind of things i want people to remove the microtransactions hmm. and if you want a bigger amount of my money to stay in your game as a service, then what you do is you don't needle me because that'll burn a, a gamer out at some point. What you do is say, okay, we're going to release Borderlands 3, and then every three months we've got comic issues or whatever you want to yeah, call them, yeah. which is like an eight-hour game, and you can just continue to return to them. And that, to me, would probably be a good stepping point because I think if we continue to see, like, if we do see 3 come out and it's got a ton of microtransactions or it's just 2 but in 3's skin, that kind of stuff could could do irreparable damage to that right. company as look, it is right happened, now. Uh, you're right, especially because of Battleborn, but look what happened with, was it NBA 2K18? That they received such negativity because of the microtransactions that they actually cut the prices of their virtual currency I don't know if it was half, but they cut them significantly because it yeah. was just so intertwined with the game. And I guess I do have a slight worry that Borderlands is going to become very microtransaction-y because I remember playing Borderlands 2 and not really feeling the need to have to spit out money. Well, like from my, my memory goes, there was no microtransactions. Like you could get golden keys from free off Twitter and Facebook very easily. You could get yeah. those rare items very easily. My worry is that that excitement that I had of getting all these golden keys and borderlands and running home to activate them and getting cool weapons, that would just be done away with if I could just buy a golden key. Now, yeah. th the interesting thing is though, is that let's say they did have an option to just buy golden keys. How does that affect the game? Like, as a form of microtransaction, like, because you talked about microtransactions at Borderlands, that's, I think, the logical place that they would start, is saying you can buy a golden key as an in-game item, so you can unlock rare weapons. Do people see that I, as a negative thing? I, I, I would. Fuck. I would. I would. The problem is, is that you and I are not the consumers. One of the problems is that the consumers that might purchase those are consumers that don't see a problem with purchasing those. And so because that's the environment that they're in. That's the that's the environment yeah. that they're in. Yeah. And 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 I don't hate them for that. Like no. a lot of people like to hate others. Like, I hate you because you do this. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't, yeah. I don't even know who these fuckers are, right? Yeah, they're yeah. but they're just doing it, obviously. So to me, that's that's really what I would worry about too. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, whenever I got a code for a video game, so I used to like SNES. Super uh, or uh, 
Sega Master System, whatever, whenever I found a magazine that said, here's your God code, that game instantly became less fun. I was always hoping for it. And then I got the code and I entered it and there was no danger. There was no risk. There was no this, there was no that there was no, there was no desire to continue forward. Yeah. I don't want, I, I don't want my friend also to come over and say, Hey man, you want to play Borderlands three? And I'll be like, yeah. And then the dude's decked out like the shiny new. Yeah, dude, I just bought a hundred golden keys. Let's fucking get drunk and open them. And I, and I've got like my, you know, my 44 or whatever. And he's like, we like to call this the God killer. I'm like, well, that's not very fun. Like, yeah. You know, that worries me too, because of that offset um, of different people for a cooperative game, which I Absolutely. think is almost is different than, uh, than different people with a competitive game. Cause like mortal Kombat's, you just push a button, your shit, you look the same, but you don't have the perks from those items. If you want to do that on your online yeah. borderlands would have to do that. Cause I wouldn't even want to play with you guys. Like it would be yeah. fun to join up. But if you guys were like, how, haven't you done that where you jump into a game and they're like, I'm level 30 and you're all, I'm level one. But the, like no, Borderlands, no. like you could do that with Borderlands. Like I remember distinctly, <laughs> my friend was a fucker for doing this. We are like, yeah, we'll play the game at the same time. We'll be at the same level. I, I couldn't play for a week and I come back. This fucker's like level 30 and I'm level 50. I'm that like, guy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> like, with Cadiz, I always, yeah, I always tell Cadiz, I'm like, dude. Let's jump into this <laughs> and he'll have like one day and I'll be up for 24 hours and he'll be like, you're level 30. But the thing <laughs> like, is, oh, is with Borderlands, <laughs> I'm not saying that it was entirely possible to jump into a game with someone that was a higher level than you. But I think right. like, I think you could do it the other way around where enemies were your level if you invited them as opposed to the opposite. I can't remember specifically how it worked. So someone's There gonna... was a leveling of some kind. There yeah, was a leveling. Was a leveling. Like, all I remember though is when you tried to play with someone higher than you, it was like impossible for you to play because the enemies were so high level. I can't remember. But someone correct me in the it comments. It also feels weird. Like, it feels weird. What I mean, like I want my shit to look cool. If, if somebody else looks cool, I don't yeah. want to be Robin. We all want to be Batman. Like nobody wants to be Robin unless you're Mortal Kombat. You, yeah. you don't want to be the sidekick. And uh, so it's also about like, what would happen if somebody's able to buy the bazooka of ever killing plus five and yeah. you have your 45 and you guys both show up and he's looking cool, killing 15 guys yeah. and you're plunking away with, you know, and you know, it's and just. And it's even not just like, I, I completely understand like the pay to win argument and, and I agree with it. But the thing is, as I mentioned before, it was so much fun just to get golden keys through giveaways. It was so much fun. Like, I remember that I was at university at the time, and I would rush home when Gearbox on the Twitter is like, here are 10 free golden keys. Use them by the end of the day. Do you know how exciting it was to go home, unlock those golden keys because they were a free giveaway? That is gone uh, from the moment you can buy them. I, I, Okay, I thought okay. you know what I mean. I thought you were gonna say it's the same thing, and I was like, no, 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 no. it is not. not I, absolutely, yeah. it's not. Like, like you, and you see what I mean now. I mean, imagine mm-hmm, if I could I buy do. fifty golden keys with, let's say, fifty bucks, for instance. Okay, or there's like a cryptic code that that Gearbox's exactly. Twitter releases, and the only way to unlock this key is if you fucking solve it yourself. I mean, they could do that, and I think those kinds of practices they build up goodwill, and they. They add an additional enjoyment to the game that wouldn't be there if it was just, oh, you can buy this key. That's that's it's the like genuine an fear that I have. You know, an augmented reality game. It's a little bit like an ARG. It's a little bit like I Love Games yes. for Halo. Yeah. Where um, it's And it's a grind in a weird way in and of itself, but it's a real life one that allows you to it's do fun. the Murdoch mystery shit where you're like, there's a space in his name. Yeah. I Now I know how you did crossplay. That's the way I want keys to be given. Like, yeah, have me do a mystery. Have me do something in the game. 
having yeah. like those kind of things are fine, but the the purchase uh, purchasing away of the grind and then adding in the cooperative and and who knows what type of PvP they'll have in it. Um, that's another thing. Like I I don't even know what modes. Borderlands to me seems like it was missing some things I expected it to have. It, for example, Borderlands. If you said what would you put in Borderlands three, I would say I want the single player game. Yeah. I want I want co op. I want PvP, but I don't just want normal PvP. Why why can't we have like four versus one? Why can't we have like imagine if you had level twenty people, they they'd up their level, and you could gather together a bunch of level one people and try to yeah. take them down. Like and but that'd be sweet. That, Oh, it would be so fucking because then in a weird way, uh, if you did have something cooler than me, it would still be cool because I would gather five friends up and we would try to yeah. defeat you. Yeah. Um, I hope Borderlands does more modes where there's a tangible uh, connection to the way the game is designed, because I didn't feel that there was a ton in. I, I felt like Borderlands one and two missed out a little bit yeah. on what they could have done. OK, so, so let's really say was, this. Yeah. All right. Let's say. Because we know that there's, there's probably going to be microtransactions of some kind, like right. accepting that as a reality. Let's say adopting what you said with having new expansions. I mean, let's say every single month after the game was released, there was a new challenge released where you could buy it for, I don't know, let's say a couple of bucks or something. And you could play that with a bunch of friends for a couple of hours. And by the end of it, you get a really cool item. Would that be palatable? Because I'm just For wondering, me, it would be. For for you it would be, but of course it'll oh, differ. Yeah. Like you are not the internet character, so you can't. Really <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> people are going to be pissed at me. They'll be like, "It's not for me. I want twenty hours for every one dollar I spend." <laughs> oh, I'm <be> like, Jesus! <laughs> what is the 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 really I, rough formula people give for every dollar that I spend in a game? I get an hour of gameplay or something like that. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, and I used to even think along the lines of. I still think along the lines of movies a little bit. Yeah. The cost of a movie translates into how many dollars per hour and then i sort of but over time you find out that that just it, it falls apart under inspection i, it, I remember it, you were it, telling me about your friend that had his tome he would sit you down by the fireplace did. and say this is what a good game needs yep <laughs> yeah he had a fucking list man and i was just like dude you're gonna play one good game every decade then you're gonna Jesus. like what the shit um, but uh, yeah, I would be cool with that. I mean, wouldn't you like, let's say, let's, let's say it's uh five bucks because yeah. once you get over five bucks, weird shit starts happening. So no, let's I say yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like four ninety nine for yeah. a five hour expansion and it's a good expansion. There's yeah. a, a new location, a couple enemies or so, and, uh, you get an item for defeating it. Would five for five, like yeah, would five, something like that? Five sounds, sounds fine. I mean, my, m what my concern is that. Is that price point enough to give us like a five hour expansion? I don't like I don't know the finances behind it. Mm, yeah, so right. I, if it was a five hour expansion with like a new world or something, I I could easily see that being ten fifteen bucks. That that's my concern. You know no, what I mean? Right. I, I, like, how do you balance it? I mean, you could I don't know. Could you have like some sort of arena based challenge that's really easy to to develop because you're developing just like one arena. And it's like, all right, that's five bucks and you can play several rounds or waves. But that's the thing that that's in Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 1 as well. You had those arena based challenges. Mm -hmm. And do you want to mm -hmm. pay for that? Oh, it's fucking it's tough. Yeah, man. it's it's it, so, it's it is tough. tough. It is tough. I'm I, I'm stoked to see what they do. I would love to see them. I hope they don't get scared. I would love to see them branch out uh, in multiplayer and in PVP and in single player. Yeah. And I mean, 
It'd be great if they were like, yeah, we're de- over delivering on single player, unlike Destiny, which said yeah. two, which they, they were like, we're over delivering. It's like, no, you're barely delivering what normal people do. Yeah. I want if, if Borderlands 2 was like, hey, 20, you know, 25 hours for a single player game, I'd be like, holy shit. OK, it, the one thing I can say, hmm. we always diss on gamers, including myself, but I have found that goodwill is returned. It, it does. No, it does. Yeah. Is it not right? Yeah. I mean, you're right. So we do see that. No. And the other thing that I, and we can wrap up with this, but like, I know that Borderlands in the past have had DLC characters that you could buy. Mm, okay. Right. So that's probably what yeah. they're going to be doing as well. And I could, I, the thing is though, I could still see people getting upset with that. Like, well, why wasn't this character in from the get go? But that's something else that I wouldn't mind either. Because you still got your four original yeah. characters and you can still play through them four different times and spend a hundred hours in this game. So that's the one thing that I won't mind. And you know, I, I've played Borderlands 2, I don't know how many times, like for hours and hours and hours. And I haven't p- played some of these characters and I don't mind. Like I, I never played as, I think it was Krieg. And, but I, st- I still fucking love the game and I didn't feel the need to buy this a- a- additional character, you know? So I have a question for you then. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe we're missing the code thing you talked about leaving from from university to 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 find this code out what if the extra characters and this is something i continually ask people about and they sort of hedge because i think it's probably more expensive than i'm assuming but what if borderlands said okay here's three choices for characters and they sort of walked gamers through a poll and it's like okay you know this first month we're going to do one of these three characters which one do you want and then people chose and then they had there was an input that that really did like i guess change it so you knew it wasn't already made because i i do believe that gamers don't like when they feel and i'm not saying they're right but they don't like when they feel something's already been made Mm. and so they're dead set against it what i would like is to get the community together and say okay maybe they say we're releasing all three but we just want you to vote on which one you want first either way but and then people get to vote and they feel like there's a little bit of input, maybe a couple changes here or there. You know, what what do you want this gun to be? It can be this, this, and this. And you can feel like the artist and release a video saying, yeah. you know, creation of, of the newest DLC character, volume one. And it's just the guy saying, well, the community voted on these items. So we're putting these items first. We're going to do all the, you know, we're not going to remove anything from them. It's just the community wanted these for sure. So yeah. we're putting these in first. I, I, I feel that that would return to me the 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 little bit of the input into the game that that, that sounds really interesting and again i think a big aspect of that is is the goodwill i mean yeah. i keep mentioning that the fact that overwatch has been so great with communicating and saying you know every time jeff kaplan gets on there hey guys we've got an overwatch update we're doing this and doing that and, and they get involved with the community i i do and and i think you know gearbox has been doing that with borderlands so far i mean however many polls like they've made formal polls and surveys asking people mm. what weapons they like in the game you know and i can guarantee you that's affecting development of borderlands 3 yeah. but make it a little bit more direct i guess or explicit saying look let's let's have this system where the community creates a new character for borderlands right yeah and you guys can determine what he or she looks like that the weapons that they like to use and maybe a little bit of their backstory that would be something that i think a lot of people would want to buy because it's something they helped create yeah. That'd and even if, uh, you know, a, a company just has to make sure that they make people who aren't involved in that still get something. So you might say we're doing two characters a month and one is what we've decided. 
One yeah. is what the community will decide, whatever. So you always feel like, okay, no. if I don't like the community-based character because people think that's groupthink, then <laughs> I, I, you know, I like I like this character. Uh, yeah. I just I do believe that gamers do return, yeah, a, a lot of goodwill for a company that engages them um, successfully and 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 yeah. fairly positively. And, and I think so Gearbox I think needs that, that, that right work. now. They really do. Yeah, they do. They do. And and not just not just Battleborn stuff, but other stuff we could get into, but we won't. Um, they need to return it. So we are at the end in terms of game news, but Carrick has some patron questions that he'd like yeah, us so to answer. I asked uh, the patrons in the, let's see, we were in Discord and on, on Twitter, um, the, you know, to answer or to ask questions. I got some more in the time we've been doing this, but we'll just stick with the two. So yeah. the first one, uh, Tister, 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 Tister. Sister says, Name one title in a genre you don't talk about much that you really like. So I already had my answer. Um, what's, what's your answer? Thimbleweed Park. Uh, I, I, like, I, yeah, I like point and click, but I don't engage in it as often as anymore. And, um, you know, like X-Files plus pissed off clowns is the coolest thing in the world to me. It's on Switch as of today. And it's just a fantastic point and click game. And I think... I honestly think if you've never played one, that might be the game that you would try to play. It's fully voiced or mostly fully voiced, which a lot of those yeah, aren't. Yeah. So for me, it's definitely that. For me, and, and this is an interesting one because it is so popular, but I feel like whenever I talk about this game, I get just insulted for it. But I love Minecraft. I I, mm -hmm. I fucking love that game. It is one of the most perfect games that I've ever played. Like I have such great memories playing it. But the reason why... I don't talk about it is because people are like, well, it's a game for kids. Like, what the fuck do you play Minecraft? Like, don't stream Minecraft. It's boring. And, you know, you, you're just another YouTuber or whatever. But I love that game. And I could play it for hours and hours and hours, especially with friends. And again, I don't talk about it because people, like, people, I, I don't know whether it's my age or it's the community that we're in, but they just despise that game. And I don't see why, because it's just such a great game. And I know it's, you can play it on your fucking microwave and, and, and everything, but... Yeah, it's it's one game that I absolutely adore. And it's, I mean, I feel the same way about Minecraft. Minecraft yeah. was the game I teased. My my friend kept saying, dude, you need to play Minecraft. I'm all, dude, it's blocks. What the fuck would I ever play yeah. Minecraft for? And then I, one Lego, day, you know? I, yeah, and one day I turned it on and I watched all of the Friends series while I played. So 10, 10 what is that? 10 seasons, 22 episodes times 45 minutes in a row, just like, Every day I was coming home from work and I was like, holy shit. And then I got the VR version of Minecraft, Ooh. which actually works quite well now. Nice. And I was all, oh, this is insane. Uh, anybody who says that's a bad game, like, or, or because it plays on, you know, something or whatever, I think they're really missing out that it is a game and therefore the requirement for fun is met. And that's what matters. And yeah. it, it doesn't, the technology, if the technology mattered, then a lot of the classics we would never talk about. Because they, they, they're not always the best looking and best performing titles. No, definitely. And you've got a and second that, question here. Yeah, the next one is uh, from Jacob. He says, what dream game would you make if you could? I'll let you go first on this because I don't have an answer. Dream game. Okay. I've always had an obsession with elements. Like I loved Avatar because of fire, wind, earth, and water. I love mm -hmm. Pokemon because you've got different, like, you know, elemental types. It would be a game. I think it would be an RPG. It'd be an RPG. 
that had different heroes that would... And, and, you know, this is so cliche, but I've always wanted to do it. Uh, it would be an RPG that you could play with four different heroes. One was fire, one was water, one was wind. Like, I, I loved Cl- Captain Planet and shit, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it'd probably be like any other RPG where you could play through, level up your skills. Um, yeah, there'd be this epic quest or story. So it's not really fleshed out, but it'd be something around that. And I guess the comparison game that I'd use is is probably not Pokemon as, a, as an RPG, but I don't know. I don't know what game I'd use as a comparison, but it'd be some sort of open, like semi-semi-open world RPG. That's what I would I'm do. Getting, I'm, I'm getting the idea, like, if your characters were those elements, it would be sort of cool if you were fighting, like, the water enemies, then, you know, the fire character couldn't do as much damage. It's, that kind much, of stuff. it's rock, paper, scissors, exactly like what yeah. Pokemon is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those are always fun games, though. Like, I mean, I get that some people maybe are all, oh, it's 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 not as cool, fire, earth. But to me, actually, that kind of stuff is, is quite enjoyable. I'm a big yeah. fan of that as well. Magic, just love it. the gathering love it. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I, man, I seriously, I mean, I, I always say the same answer for these kind of questions uh, because I really want the game, which is um, a superhero GTA style, but uh, a more grounded, not Batman. Like, yeah. like you start out and you create a character, and your entire job is not to become the greatest, but to just sort of, you know, a low level, uh, you know, like lower than Green Arrow. So, <laughs> like, wh- who's who's the one that was in the movie or the TV show? Arsenal? Is it Arsenal? Who's with Green Arrow? Um, sure. There's a at Black Canary, there's a couple others. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I would be like, uh, you know, even lower than them. Like the dude who just puts on the hockey mask and pretends like he's a superhero, <laughs> calls himself like Mr. Thunder. And my my job would just be to go and stop the most mundane crimes, like pe- like breaking and entering and shit. I couldn't kill anybody. I didn't. Ha- and maybe the entire right. game was just about r- running around and sort of I'm big into uh, feeling like I'm there. And yeah. feeling like things overlap and make sense. I don't need to be the king. It, it That's great. But every fucking game is like, you're going to be the king. Instead, yeah. the idea of Peter Parker always attracted me because he, he had no money. So he had to deliver pizzas as Spider-Man. To me, the idea of me running around, you know, beating people up. What's the what's the um, comic where the guy, the guy, um, he fights crime, but he steals their blade. In the original Blade, he, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Wesley Snipes would take out bad guys and he would take their jewelry and shit and then give it to the pawn dealer to get his <laughs> item. Like, I like that. That's I think that sweet. would be awesome to be like taking their rings off after I beat them up and shit. That's <laughs> like, I, sweet. I, very low level. I like low level stuff. I, I, I don't need to be the king anymore. No, I think, I I think those days I, are over. I really liked like Luke Cage on Netflix. And because mm-hmm. they're, they're not like superheroes. They're, I, I, they right. have abilities, but you don't consider, you know, Luke Cage or Jessica Jones to be on par to Thor, for instance. But right. they're fighting crimes within a localized city. But I, I really mm-hmm. like that kind of grungy feel to those to those movies or those uh, series. So, yeah, definitely. I, I, I hope I we like get one. Idea. No, it would be sweet. Well, we've got to the end of this podcast. We only had one Skype. I, I have to fucking fix Skype. It's pissing me off. But Carrick, thank you. Yeah, that was a blast, man. I definitely appreciate it. We, um, we, uh, we keenly felt our missing compatriot where, where (laughs) I, let's see, I think, um, I think he'll be here. Yeah. He's here next Friday. So he said he was, he said, yeah, for sure. So if you guys are like, man, I don't want to listen to fucking 
God, Eric anymore and Lone. These <laughs> these guys are idiots. Well, Maddie will be here to save the day Absolutely. next Friday. You yeah. can guarantee. That's right. That's what matters. Yeah. But please tweet out to us what, something related to your video game, Carrick. What should be the tweet? Oh, did, gr- gr- you mean the grungy superhero game? Grungy superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah t- tweet at grungy superhero. Yeah, hashtag grungy superhero or if you've made it to this point. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. And any final words, Carrick, before we turn off? Nope. Everybody have a great weekend. And uh, if you get a chance, definitely pay for as many microtransactions as you can in <laughs> NBA 2K. <laughs> I'm just joking. Exactly. All righty, guys. Thank you so much for listening and take care.